Thank you for tuning into the New Vision Podcast. Our prayer is that this talk builds your faith, brings clarity, and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. This is week three of our series, Allow Me to Introduce Myself. In this series, we're taking a look at how Jesus introduces himself to the world and to us in the Gospel of John. Last week, Jesus introduced himself as the bread of life. And this week, we're going to take a look at how he introduces himself in John chapter 14. So let's talk about the way, the truth, and the life. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you for another opportunity to spend time together in your presence and in your word. And God, I ask that your word would challenge us, it would change us, it would help us to become who you created us to be. And Lord, I pray that your anointing would fill not just this place, but every place that your word is being heard this morning. Lord, help me to communicate your word clearly and effectively. In Jesus' name, amen. I struggle with being lost. I struggle with the feeling that I'm about to get lost. Um, I struggle with knowing that I'm lost. And all of those combined make me a little bit leery when it comes to going someplace that I've never been before. I mean, just ask Mel. I get frustrated really easy. I get anxious. um, I get aggravated really quickly. And I begin to start looking for any kind of sign. I just need to see a road sign that tells me I'm headed in the right direction because I'm getting so anxious about being lost. It's like this feeling that just kind of washes over me and I can't shake it. And maybe you don't experience that kind of feeling when it comes to going places. But I would imagine that most of us feel that way about life at times especially now. I mean, we want to be flexible. We want to be able to kind of roll with the punches and the changes. But right now, our flexibility is being pulled so much that we feel like we're about to break. You see, because things are way past what we expected it to be. We were gearing up for maybe two weeks or three weeks or a month of stay at home or of quarantine or whatever it may be. And because it's lasted longer, we are on the brink of breaking. We're irritated. We get aggravated super easy. We're anxious and nervous. And at times we're even fearful about this season of life that we're living in right now. Mostly because we don't have any control over what's going on. We feel trapped at home. We feel trapped in this moment. We feel trapped in this season. And at times it makes us feel like we're lost. See, because all of the things that seem stable at first, now they seem a little bit more shaky than they did relationships that we thought would be solid have now become shaky. Our finances and even our faith at times has gotten shaky. But those feelings, they're not unique to us or even right now in this moment. I believe a lot of what we're feeling right now is what the disciples were feeling as we find ourselves in John chapter 14. I mean, can you imagine this moment where you've spent three years with Jesus? You've seen him do miracles that no one has ever seen before. You believe that he could be the Messiah. You begin to put hope that things could be different, that there was a kingdom coming that you could be a part of, a kingdom that would be free of Roman rule. And at a meal where we're celebrating what God has done in the past, Jesus comes in and he just kills the mood. I mean, we're celebrating until he starts talking about that he's getting ready to die. And as he talks about getting ready to die, not only does he mention that, but he says that someone in the room is going to betray him to the people who would kill him. 
And then everybody begins to jump up and say, it's not me, it's not me, I'm loyal, Jesus, look at me. And he says, everybody's gonna leave me. And that's when Peter says, well, they may, but I'll never leave you, I'll die with you. And Jesus looks at Peter and he says, Peter, man, look, you're gonna deny me tonight three times, deny me that you even know me. Everything and everyone is unraveling at this moment. And Jesus says this. John chapter 14, verse 1. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. I want to stop right there for a moment because Jesus doesn't just see it on their faces. He doesn't just see all of their emotions. I believe that he began to feel what they were feeling. It was radiating from all over the place, the feeling of confusion, of doubt, of worry, of disappointment, of fear. And if you notice his words, he goes right to where it all begins. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. And that gives me hope because right now in the times when our hearts may be troubled, when anxiety may be winning, when fear may be winning, when we're frustrated and all that's going on around us right now, we're tired of this. We're weary. We're worn out. We wish things would change that in this moment, Jesus is looking at us right now and he's offering comfort and he's offering hope to us. And some of you this morning need to hear the words of Jesus and allow it to sink into your heart and allow it to take root and give you life once again. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. When Jesus spoke these words to the disciples, he was saying, look, let your belief in who God is and who I am, let that be the rock that you stand on in this moment. I know everything seems like it's a disappointment right now, but I got this covered. Can you just stand on me today? Can you allow your belief, your faith in God to be the refuge that you climb into when you need shelter from all that's going on? Can you allow God to be that place for you? that place where you feel safe, where you feel home. And as Jesus begins to quiet their hearts, he points out a few things that you and I need to look at this morning to find comfort and hope as well. He says in verse two, this, there is more than enough room in my father's home. It's a big, big house with lots and lots of room, a big, big there's more than enough room in my father's home. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you know the way where I'm going. You see, Jesus isn't just saying, that there's this eternal home for us somewhere, that someday we will live in these great big mansions. It's way far away in the distance. Here's what he's saying. There is a place for you. There is a place for me, and this place is made by or is made for you by the one who made you. That he's taking time to go away and prepare it, to get it ready just for you because you matter. You're important to him. He loves you enough to make something just for you and just for me. He's giving us a place that we can count on, a place where we can feel safe and feel loved and belong because he knows that every now and then our place right here won't feel like home. 
It won't give us the peace that we need. It won't give us the comfort that we need. That in the here and now, every now and then, this won't feel like we're at home. And that's okay. Because there is a place that's home. He knows that our road and our life may be rough, but we can take comfort in the fact that he's not leaving us alone. He's not forgetting about us. That if he's preparing it right now, that he promised to come back and take us to where he is. He wants to take us home. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 8 that our current struggles, our current suffering, our current situation, all will pale in comparison to the glory that's in front of us. To the road that leads us home that once we get there, we'll find, just like Revelation says, that that home has no night and no crying, no more tears, no more fear, no more death, no more pain, no more sorrow. All of the things that make us worry about right now that none of that will be there when we get home. He's reminding them that they know the way. I just told you the cross is the way. But then I I can see Thomas just raising his hand in the back. Um, Jesus, you said we know the way, but you got that wrong. We have no idea what the way is. So then Jesus says this. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus makes it as plain as he possibly can. He didn't just say that there's a place for you, but there is a plan to get you there and to get you to the Father. And Jesus is it. He is the plan. He is the path. He is the way that leads us into truth, that guides us into life, life like we've never experienced it before. But he's the way. And because he's the way, that means he wipes out all other places and paths and things that claim to be the way. That there are no good deeds that get you to this place. There are no religious check marks and checklists and and your name can't be high enough on the board for you to get access to this. That there is no gift that you can give God that will allow him to let you into his presence that it's only through Jesus. The only way to the Father is through him. It's by him. He is that way. Hebrews tells us that it's his sacrifice that paves the way so that we can be into the presence of God. And we can't get there any other way. Acts 4 tells us that there's no other name under heaven that we can be saved by. And 1 Timothy tells us there's only one mediator between God and man, and it is Jesus. He is the only way that you and I can get to the Father, that we can get to the place that he is preparing for us. But it doesn't just stop with the way. He says, I am also the truth. You can trust me. I'm truthful. There's no deceit in me. I'm not a man that I would lie. What comes out of my mouth is the truth. And because it is the truth, you never have to wonder how I feel about you. You can always count on me. I'm always dependable. And you can build your life on what he says. And when he says to follow him, that means that because he is truthful, that every step that he takes, I can put my own footsteps inside of his footprints and I can walk in the way that he walks. I can live the way that he lives. I can love people the way that he did. That if he is the way, if he is the truth, then the life that he was living is the life that I should be living. I mean, all through the Gospels, we see people referencing coming to find the good news and the truth that Jesus is, and that truth sets them free. And that freedom gives us life. 
Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the source of all life, and he wants to be the source of your life. He wants to be the source of my life. He doesn't just want to make improvements or tweaks into our lives. He wants to give us a brand new life. First John tells us that if we have life, we found the Son. If we're not experiencing life, then we don't have the Son. And the life that he wants to give us is a filling life, a life that gives meaning, a life that makes us excited to be a part of it, a life worth living, a life worth giving your all to, and a life worth sharing with other people. And he came to give us this life so that it could start now and last forever. See, if we follow him, if we believe him, if we begin to walk with him and abide with him, we get to the Father. We get to experience this life of being with him and being with the Father. And again, man, Philip says, um, Jesus, you're talking about the Father. I believe you now. J- just show us the Father and that'll be enough. We're, we're with you if you can do that. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me and does his work through me. Here's what Jesus is saying. You want to know the Father? You want to know what he's like? You want to know how he feels? You want to know what his heart is like? Do you really want to know who he is? Well, here I am. Look at me. I am a picture of the Father. If you want to know who God is, then look at who Jesus was when he was walking the earth. Colossians tells us that Jesus is the image of God. Hebrews tells us that he is the radiance of God's glory. He is the exact representation of who God is. So if your picture of God doesn't look like Jesus, then you've got the wrong picture. And you might be saying, well, Pastor Kevin, how how does that happen? But maybe you've been attaching things to God that really aren't God. They don't belong to his character. They're not who he is. Maybe you've been attaching things to him that never were part of his character. See, sometimes we look at God through the lens of of the human people, the examples that we have in our life. And when we hear that God is our father and he's good and he's loving, we begin to process it through the parents that we've had. Maybe the father that we had has never been around. He didn't love us. He hurt us. He abused us. He left us. And when we hear that, we begin to attach our earthly father to the father that says that he loves us. Instead of having a clear picture of who God is, instead of being able to see him clearly, now we've attached these things that are distorting our view. Maybe we put our hope and our trust in leaders that have let us down. They made mistakes and we were banking on them so much that when they fell, that caused us to stumble. If they can't make it, then man, God must not be who he says he was because we put all of our trust and our picture of who God was into a leader that we were following. Or maybe you're having a hard time of seeing who God is because of the mean church people that you've experienced. Because when you came in and you expected to feel loved by people who say that they love God and they represent him, you felt judged and you felt condemned. Maybe it was what they said to you, the way that they looked at you. And that's now distorted your view of who God is because you're not looking at Jesus. You're looking at people. 
Other times we look at God through the lens of where we are in life and where we feel like we should be. We feel like God hasn't done enough for us or he hasn't been good enough to us. And we feel like those bad experiences are now who God is. Well, if God loved me, he would have made my life better. He would have gave me a different family, a different job. I would have got that raise. I would have been able to provide the way that I want to. I would be better. I would be more than who I am right now. And other times, we attach lies that we've believed to be truth. We've heard growing up that we're no good, that people would never love us, and we just assume that if people would never love us, then God would never love us. We believe that God is mad at us, that he's looking down on us and there's a frown on his face or his eyebrows are furrowed up at us. He's angry with us in this moment that somehow he is trying to get you. He's trying to mess up your life. He's trying to mess up everything because he is mad at you. I want to tell you this morning that if your picture of God is not Jesus, it's not God. If it's not Jesus, it's not God. Because Jesus is the picture of who God is. So how do I know who God is? I can look and see what Jesus did. And when I find him in scriptures, I find him loving people that other people didn't have the time to love. I see him walking towards people that other people ran away from. When he goes to heal lepers, everyone else runs away, but Jesus runs to them. When people are caught in sin, I see him forgiving people that others thought could never be forgiven. I think about the woman caught in adultery, how everyone else was condemning her and saying that she deserved to die. And Jesus was saying she deserves to live. Let me give her grace. I see him bringing peace to storms. I see him offering comfort, offering hope, calling people to life, to purpose, giving them more than what they thought their life could be about. That's who Jesus is. And if that's who he is, then that's who God is because he is the picture I should be looking at. And that's the picture that we should be giving people to see as followers of Christ. That if we reflect him, let's make sure that we're not giving people a distorted view of who God is. Let's make sure that we're giving them the genuine nature of who God is. After all, we want people to find Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life just like we did. We want them to walk into the open arms of the Father just like we did. So let's make sure we're reflecting an accurate picture of who Jesus is. In all of the craziness that's going on in our world right now, in all of the uncertainty, Jesus wants us all to know that we can find hope and comfort in him today. Life may not be what we thought it would be right now. 2020 may not be the year that we thought it could be, but that doesn't change the fact that Jesus is offering us hope, reminding us that there is a place for us. That there is a plan to get us there and to the Father. And there is a picture of the Father that we can look to. Because we don't have a heavenly Father that is angry at us. That wants to keep us away. We have a heavenly Father that loves us. That wants us more than anything. That gave his only son so that he could have relationship with us. He didn't want to spend an eternity without us. He didn't want to just build places and not have people for them. He wanted you and me and he sent his son for that reason. Today, don't let your heart be troubled anymore. 
Whatever you need this morning is found in Jesus. The peace that you've been looking for, the patience that you need, the rest that you've been longing for, the security in an insecure world, all of it, all of it is found in Jesus. You just need to lean into him today, whether it's for the first time or for the hundred and first time. Because maybe today you are saying, Pastor Kevin, I don't have a place. I don't have a home. You're talking about all this stuff that Jesus did, but I don't, I never believed that he did that for me. But today I'm tired. I'm tired of trying to make it on my own. I'm, try, I'm tired of, of the life that I've been living. I'm tired of living a life that doesn't feel like it has meaning anymore. But Jesus came to change that. He came with a plan. He came to show you who the Father was. And ultimately, he came so that you could spend eternity with him. So that life could change now and last forever for you. And I want to pray with you this morning. And if you pray this prayer with me, then everything can change for you. Your life can have a meaning. You can enter into a relationship with the Father. And you'll be welcomed home anytime you go. Would you pray with me today? Would you say, Jesus, I need you. I believe that you died just for me. Thank you for taking all of my sin away. God, I believe that you're giving me life because you're alive today. And God, I need your strength and your courage to choose you each and every day. God, lead and guide every one of my steps. Help me each day to choose you, to follow you for the rest of my life. And God, I ask that this morning you would seal what you have been speaking to us. Lord, that this morning, as our hearts have been troubled, that we would hear over and over again that we don't have to have troubled hearts. That we can believe in you and in your Father, and that can give us what we need. You can bring us back to the assurances that there is a place for us, a plan to get us there, and a picture of the Father that is waiting for us. God, I pray that you would seal all of that in our hearts. You would help us to hope in you. You would give us the comfort that we need, the confidence in you that we need to make it one more day, one more week. God, we thank you that you see us and that you love us enough to call us into relationship with you, to give us life like we've never experienced before. In Jesus' name, amen. Our prayer is that this message impacted you. We would love to hear your story and have you partner with us financially as we work to spread the life-changing story of Jesus. You can do this at newvisiongrandview.com.